In a recording made in 1992 with Brendan Dunn, he related his experiences as a stonemason on Lambay Island. Brendan lives in Rogerstown and he's lived by the sea all his life. And I wondered, had the sea ever come a bit too close at any time? I was fishing. I went on this boat during the war, the Guiding Light. She was a small uh, fishing boat, with, uh, decked with uh, four of her crew. And uh, she would, they were doing so well, this fishing company, or this fishing uh, uh, family, Georgie Coe was the, the, the skipper, Lord of Mercy and Georgie is dead. They're all dead, they were in a bar me. I don't know why I'm kept alive at all. <laughs> but anyway, we used to have to go down, uh, maybe when the oil doll go once, maybe twi- uh, once at least a month for the get. There was no, we had no rations for her because they bought her in Northern Ireland during the war and we had to have a ration for, for fuel and we had no rations and uh, we used to go down there for diet and this, this uh, particular time we were down uh, we uh, left about 12 o'clock at night and we were tied up alongside an, uh, a coal boat and that hatch us off and we were level with it you know, it was a grand night and God, we, 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 we literally took a ton of coal off and we threw it in the hole, you know, bring home, you couldn't get coal or anything. So, uh, we damaged, uh, we were motoring away, George, he'd say, oh, follow that light, he says, I wonder if you could keep boats going up, up to, uh, up to Dublin, up to fish. And we followed this fucking light, it, it, the compass was out of order. I think when we were going, when we thought we were going south, we were going north. <laughs> At Georgie, I was, that was going for about 12, it must have been about 4 or 5, 4 o'clock in the morning. So we should see the lights of the rock and build by now, there was no sign of any lights, so we started to to sound the water, see what depth there was under us, we couldn't get the bottom. <laughs> so. We, 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 we steamed in for a, uh, oh, it was about four in the morning, but then anyway, we, uh, we were, uh, we steamed in and we, we got for a, a couple of hours and then we, we went off again and the next thing we saw land. <laughs> I don't know what time it was and the next day. And we, 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 we went in till we saw a little bit of a cove or some kind of a harbour way in and we went into it and uh, nice and easy because we didn't know where we were and a couple of fellas come down it was an island of some description and uh, I was in the, in, in the bear with Wiley Harford you know and they're all, the crew was all dead he, says, he said to him he said, we were blowing off course we don't know, we don't know where we are where, uh, and he, he says, uh, George, he said to me, uh, he says, what did, what did he say? He said, me don't speak the English. John <laughs> Cripes, says George, and he brings that. I was only just a condom, you know. But we were up in the, in the outer Hebrides, <laughs> just sometime the next day, next evening. Ah, oh, so don't be talking. Such, such. Every time we went out, the, the, we'd have to be towed in or the the the, the air force would be after us and the she was the boat was rotten and the, the gear was rotten 
and I was in her seven months and I only earned 23 shillings for seven months. We only shared one, one, one week. It was a really bad week and that particular day we were out, we went out for, for a couple of weeks after because she nearly sunk when we went out with the, with the chops. It was a bad day and we didn't go out deep. We went away down under the islands at Scaries and we made a ring. It was ringing we were down and we were lucky we weren't out deep. But Wiley said to me when we were out and putting out the, uh, throwing out the nets and we were just hauling them in the ring and they went down to see it's the kettle boiling. So they went down and sort of fitting everything with slack, the water was slashing up and down, the fish boxes rooting around. So we got to come back and say, she's full of water. So they said all the way down the head. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, we afraid we got her into scaries. And we said, into scaries, she sunk. In the, in the harbour, so we were farting it there, cogging her up there to get her out again. So we never, when, when we'd have the fish nearly in, in the ring, just maybe we'd be lifting it up, surely to God, they were lunging to stop. Fish would all swim out and that was the end of it. And what was ringing? Uh, how did you, uh, tell us about that. I, it's, you put down a mark, or there was a, a, a big net, you see, and there was ropes each side of it. And you went around the big ring with this net. You know, there were sinkers on it to go down to the bottom. And they went around the big ring, like that, and away back into the marker again, they had a flag on it. And then they winched the whole thing, there was a big bag on it for to catch the fish. Anything within that big ring you catch it. Okay. That's the way the fish... Oh, that was after, it used to be hooking before that. It used to hook the fish, long lines. Just long lines. Yeah. Then they come into this was a better way, the, the, the ringing, the smaller boats then, and, and, and uh, the bigger steamboats used to do the trawl. And, but that's, uh, that's what they call the ringing. Uh, even though you're only about 30 odd years here in Rogerstown, you lived in Rush at the harbour. Uh, the, the it's only about a couple of miles or, or so away from Oh, here. that's all. Well, uh, even as a child, what were your early memories of Rogerstown here itself? I mean, what was in Rogerstown? Oh, well, Rogerstown here uh, was the, the soldiers used to be down there in the mash, just down there, the other side of the harbour. There's a, 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 a low lying. There's cattle on it now, very low lying and rushes on it. Call that the, the marsh. And the soldiers had their camps there. Uh, the British Army. And they used to swim the horses across there, training to be on the horses. Some of them holding on to their tails and all, back and forth across the, uh, the river. You know? And uh, this was, at that time or before it, it was... This was a real smugglers. Then all the way up the estuary up there. There's crosses built in the wall. There's a big cross built in the wall up there, the mash, the other side of That was a, that was a, 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 what do you call them, a custom man that the smugglers shot. You see, <laughs> they used to go way up to Broad River, but Broad, uh, the Broad Matter way up at Roger Stammer, but it's all filled in there with the dump, you know, and... Uh, but the British Army were, that was only a temporary camp, there were tents. Ah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 on the little pier itself, there's, there is a building, it's like a big store, what, what's, what was that? Is that just a storehouse? Uh, at, in my time, it was, uh, 
it was a coal carry. He was a big landowner and he had a big he had a, a shop up in the town. Robert Carey, he owned that pier. Revelstoke owns it now. And he brought in the coal boats from England. Lonsdale and them. Boats about, only about 200 tons, you know, of coal, for the coal. And he had uh, tracks and, and, and trolleys and all up and big steel. They were only taken down a year or two ago. And they filled, uh, they, they put the, these, these, they'd run the, the, the trolley loads of coal into the coal yard. The coal was two stories, not a doorway and that, and they just dump it in into the coal. That was coal store. But before his time, I think it was something else. The historians would tell you it was built for some kind of a... Yeah. You remember those those coal ships yourself? Oh, yes. It's only 200 tonne. What kind of length would they be? It seems such a very small estuary here for ships to be going up and down. Oh, well, it was fairly... Those ships used to keep it open then, with coming up and down with the propellers and all. So it's okay. silted in now. And uh, oh, they were big ships, but uh, they they always had to have a pilot who was here for to take them in, you know, because the bar used to shift, they shifting sand here, you know, oh, yes. and they'd have to put markers down then the day before the the, the pilot, the pilot would have to do that, you know, and. Uh, I don't know, it's always I remember them well. And before that, there used to be huge schooners used to come in. But because I remember my father talking about a big schooner that was in, and this sailor was wrapping up, and I can't remember the term he made, wrapping up the, 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 the it was a way out in a bowsprit, wrapping up the sails and all. And uh, there was an old farmer here, but you think when he, he was fond of the, the soap, Kit Pat Jones was his name, father of all the Joneses, Kit Jones and all them, and he knew more about the sea and about uh, about the, the the ports in the world than any sailor. And he was never. His father used to laugh. He says he was never as far as his land, mind anything else. And this sailor was 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 tying up up the sails way out in the jib, the jib and all. And he asked him, you ever see a ship like this before, you know? <laughs> and he says, I did, he says, but I never saw a man, and I can't remember the, the term he made, uh, 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 wrapping up uh, uh, what you call him, where something else should have been anyway, the jib where some other uh, sail should be. And he got a right, a right level. I knew more about the sailing ships than the sailors themselves. And he was, he was, he was a, a, a landlubber. He was a farmer. But he often he had a great joke about him. Pat Jones, his name. Uh, he was a hard case. Do you, do you remember the the, um, remember the, 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 the Palmers in Kinua now? Oh, I, I worked for. Uh, I worked <laughs> over there. I slated uh, 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 the. Uh, the a roof for, for Cornell Palmer and uh, uh, was the 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 watch uh, the wash house it was it wasn't the main it was uh, house oh, it was a good few years ago worked over there and he was telling me I 
he told me about his estate in Oswestry in North Wales. He had another estate there. Of course, he, he was Colonel Palmer. He was in, in the English Army, he was a Colonel. Uh, Lady Palmer was his antecedents before him, you know, and Rogers. Uh, but uh, he was telling me, oh, it's just, it's just, uh, I was telling him I walked over in England. It was the last place we were in, so it was Oswestry. So there was a militia camp. And he said to me, Should I have an estate there? And it was, uh, it was, uh, the military was using it. I said, God says, I said, that's where the, the what you call it, the militia uh, camp where the soldiers, or the, the, where they were calling them up and training them in the time access. I was working on that. And says, I, I didn't know you owned the estate. And I was, lodging alongside it and you see uh, in a, there was a couple of houses there was another uh, town like from here to Skerries the other side of it and I was out at the dance one night come on at one o'clock in the morning and says I, I come through the, the estate you know and I think for a short cut I was going to cut four, three, two or three miles off you know and pitch dark at night one o'clock in the morning or sometime and of course I was walking in it. And the next thing <laughs> this voice comes and says, Who goes there? It was a sentry. God right. And I told him, Oh friend, says I. So he told me, Vance friend, if you recognize and he freaking freaking he clicked the 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 to go and click and then he marched me up. He didn't ask me any question, marched me up to the to the officer's mess with only uh, 50 yards or so away and they brought me in before it and of course I was an Irish man in the middle of the war in the middle of the night going through a freaking uh, camp in the estate I was looking now when I think of it after you know because uh, uh, they questioned me up and down and down and up and I told them I was lodging here lungs in the house told them and so I've been working on the state here, in the, the camp here, in the militia camp. And he asked me then, uh, what's your number? See, we were all, we had a number, you know. So, and I was able to give him a number. And that was all right, they explained everything. So let me go. <laughs> <laughs>